and welcome back to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Guys, it is Tuesday. That's right. Tuesday, October 18th, Ohio's Sports and Beer Podcast here on 30 Rack of Sports. Wednesday for them. Could be Thursday Wednesday. for them. Could be a Could be day a weekend. they made up on their own. <laughs> Third Friday when you've had a couple too many. <laughs> and you're just kind of melding together Thursday and Friday. Day, af- watching a, day after game five day. You're watching an awful uh, awful Thursday night football game. Ugh. But you know what you're not listening to? An awful podcast. You're listening to Ohio's Sports and Beer Podcast. We've got a uh, a spooky beer for you this week. Running up oh. into the middle of October. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about, guys. I mean, honestly... Almost too much to talk about. All the sports going on. Um, we'll talk about some football, some AP poll, maybe a little bit of NFL if you want me to get depressed. And then we will wrap up what we just saw, the end of the MLB season for really all we're concerned. Ohio, now done. Yep. Uh, the guards losing in game five to the new Bork Bankies and all their shenanigans. So... Um, we will get to that, but of course, we'll start as we always do. Um, our maybe not happiest fan. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get okay, to that. okay, we'll get to okay, that. okay. Our maybe not happiest <laughs> fan, uh, but still got his looking good yeah. with his Gardo's gear. It's yeah. Zach, Zach, how how are we feeling? Um, I know this is bittersweet, maybe. Is yeah, a little bit better it. than you expected, but yeah, also, they, I mean, you think a lot of those, you know, they're projected to finish last by a lot of the, um, prognosticators the smart guys they get paid a lot of money um so you can't be upset about it youngest team in baseball younger than most triple a teams so they had their chances though that's probably what's more frustrating um and obviously i'm curious to see what we're recording like what 10 15 minutes after uh, yeah, the end I of mean, the game, game so i'm just wrapped yeah so i'm curious to see what you know frank Cone has to say about the uh savali start i get it but i don't know if that was uh i know hindsight's quite 20 but even going in that went about what i expected yeah, and considering I think he's given up, uh, I think now it's nine runs and 13 and a third innings yeah. to them. You know, No more. Like, they was like at 10 runs and nine innings. So what would that be? 12 runs and not even, yeah. again, nine and a third innings. Yeah, I think it was nine. And, I think it was, yeah, whatever ten, it was, and nine yeah. and a third innings. Uh, to my left, on the ones and twos, uh, we'll, we'll break down this jersey. Uh, <laughs> he is wearing an LSU 2021 National Championship jersey. God. Did not go to LSU. I don't know. Have you ever even been to the state of Louisiana? I have. Okay, awesome. How many times? Um, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> he drove through it well, once. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> we're going to do a little... We're going to really get you in the moment of where we are. Zach, what player jersey do you think he is? Uh, do you think he's wearing? I mean, he's obviously wearing a Burrow jersey. It's a number nine... But how do you think it's spelled on the back? Uh, <laughs> even worse. They spelled it with that, like, I don't know how to spell. I had to, to do spell. it this week, man. I had to wear a team that uh, won this weekend. It is not. It is instead of B-U-R-R-O-W, it is the, I guess, the Creole Oh, the folks are familiar. Of B-U-R-R-E-A-U-X. worse for some reason, doesn't it? I would be more okay if it was, like, spelled correctly. But the fact that he's, like, going all in, like, he's going to be like, there's a big pot of jumbo, and now we're going to eat some gumbo. Hey, I haven't changed my accent. 
haven't, I haven't come up with a fake accent. The I Brian Kelly stuff's low. coming. I get a lot of Brian Kelly vibes from this side of the room. But. So I, I was going to give him a bunch of shit, and then I realized I do own a Baker Mayfield OU jersey, so I don't have yeah, a lot of rest. Oh, give it a rest. I will say this. I have never bought one of my favorite NFL players' college jerseys. Do you have any high school jerseys? No, I'm not a loser like that either. No. You don't have an Aaron Rodgers high school Chico jersey? <laughs> I do not. I would have bought one. I'm not going to lie. When I was in Chico, I probably would have. But uh, What about a do-rag? I mean, hey, I was a big Charles Woodson guy, Chuck, when he played for the Packers. I did not, did not buy. Okay, that's different. It's How's not, that? How's that different? It's not like I'm. It's not like we're buying a, a Louisville or a, I mean, Oklahoma. Well, I guess they'll be in UC's conference for several minutes. Several I, minutes. I, don't know. I, just, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't know Josh was such a huge Ryan Kelly fan. I guess this, this, was, this was my back. Me. This was huge my back. Brian Kelly. I had guy. a Cleveland one ready to go, but you, you huge Brian, win. huge Brian Kelly guy over here. Yep, right up there with the uh, <laughs> right up there with the muskies and the blue blob. He's known to leave before paying the check at dinner. Is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I mean, where, where's your chip was jersey? If hey. you're gonna be a Brian <laughs> Kelly guy, you might as well be a Brian. Those Kelly spent guy. ends were fantastic. <laughs> let me tell you that. <laughs> All right, well, we've talked a little Joe Burrucks. We've talked a little guards. Oh, and Greg, you're here in the middle. We're in the, uh, I'll introduce you in the middle with the uh, wine and gold. Surprisingly, no wine for me today after Brown's loss, but NBA season getting underway. I'm sure you're excited. Hey, we're we're turning forward. Uh, Obviously, guard season ending. Uh, The Browns look like a giant sack of shit. Um, We're under the Cavs. Well, there you go. We're on to the. I mean, I'll still care about the Browns because somehow there's still only one game out. I was going to say they're treading water still somehow. So uh, you know, good news. Uh, always like to support a stand-up organization like the Browns. You know, <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Cavs. Uh, for those of you who thinks, you know, didn't the NBA season just end like two months ago? The answer is yes. Is it restarting tonight? Kind of. The Too Cavs soon. don't play till tomorrow, but yes, the NBA is back. Uh, Obviously, lots of excitement in Cleveland, uh, getting Donovan Mitchell in a trade. So you've got, you know, three all-stars in the starting lineup, you know, building on what they had last year and hopefully looking towards maybe some home field, home court in the playoffs. We'll see. Big trade. So we'll see. Yep. All in. All right. Well, before we move on to a little bit of football talk, uh, guys, let's get to this. I mean, we're going to have some heavy conversations, but I don't think any of this is going to be quite as heavy as the beer that we're drinking. Oh, beer of the week. That's awesome. Yeah, how do you do that? That's cool. Guys, for our beer of the week, we go back to uh, a brewery that we've, I think, only had once. We've, we actually had a sour from them. Uh, mm-hmm. Gahanna, just north of Columbus. Uh, Heart State Brewing, established in 2020. We are... Uh, Getting spooky with it, trying their Imperial Pumpkin Spice Latte Stout. Sweet, sinister, and maliciously delicious. It is 10% ABV. So it's got some Costa Rican Vienna hot coffee, some some vanilla to it. And boy, is it an Imperial Stout. It is heavy and syrupy and uh, does have a nice little bit of like the, like, pumpkin spice to it as i'm a, i don't know about you guys a big pumpkin spice latte guy but i'm a huge pumpkin spice latte guy are you i didn't I'm a, know I'm a i real, knew he was i'm a real basic uh i'm real basic in that that round oh uh, yeah i get excited same thing i'm big chestnut praline coming oh, yeah, up here yeah. 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 Yep. 
I I was upset when you first told us you were bringing this beer out because I am pretty particular with my pumpkin spice, uh, not necessarily in coffee especially. And I'm a little upset now because, um, wow, it's good. I actually yeah. really like it a lot. It's uh, very good. It's, it's, yeah, I think it's kind of got that syrupy thing and then also not... My thing with pumpkin stuff is sometimes it's just way too much. Like, yeah, I don't want to feel like I've got my head in a pumpkin. Yeah, I was going to say, it doesn't really have as much of the pumpkin taste. It's kind of got, I feel like it has similar to what the spices that you get in like a pumpkin spice latte. Like it has the spices in there. It's not overpowering. Nice. It's almost, it almost reminds me, I mean, it's an imperial stout. It's much heavier than what you would find in a Christmas ale, but it, it almost reminds me just based on some of the flavor palette of what you get in like a really good Christmas ale where yeah. you get the the you know the full ale or in this case stout flavor and then you get those nice spices just kind of on the end. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to look up more about like uh what a Costa Rican Vienna coffee blend is because I think that's where a lot of, I was wondering how it was getting that kind of you said a uh, Christmas ale kind mm-hmm. of spice flavor to it. And I was wondering what that was. And yeah, just I mean, we'll get to the can, but pumpkin, cinnamon, nutmeg, allspice, Costa Rican, Vienna coffee, and Madagascar vanilla. So a lot of interesting flavors coming together there. They don't even, I mean, they don't even have it on the website. Like I'm looking, they have their like seasonals. They have their callus in August, September, nothing in October, but all of a sudden here comes with the little pumpkin-y logo from Heart State, their Imperial Pumpkin Spice Latte Stout, but... Overall, a, a really good beer and maybe a little bit of a slow drinker, as we mentioned, at 10%. Uh, the second beer that we've had from them, the first one was the Orange Creamsicle Sour from Ake, so, uh, which is called Ake. Uh, two a little bit different beers, but both very well done for what they are. I'm actually I, I'm pleasantly surprised by both these beers that we've had from them. Yeah, both yeah. of them were a bit outside, I think, our collective wheelhouse. Um, and I, I believe that's episode 66 where we uh, do the sour from Heart State. But uh, yeah, this is just, I, I'm very surprised at how much I like it. And I think that kind of dark coffee blend in there is, mm. is one of the reasons I really like it. Yeah, it cuts the spice. Like you're saying, it's not it's not just pumpkin spice. Like They cut it with that coffee taste. It's more it tastes to it, like, yeah. yeah. I guess it's more, it's beyond a pumpkin beer. Mm-hmm. There's coffee in there too. There's the stout elements. It's not a, a pumpkin ale. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's definitely a pumpkin spice latte beer. So we'll be sipping on this maybe a little bit slowly, but uh, we'll be enjoying this to the rest of the show as we talk a little bit of football here on 30 Rack Sports. Guys, college football, though it has kind of been the norm for just a a few teams to be kind of king of the castle with maybe the occasional other team like a Cincinnati jumping in, it's mostly been kind of a quid pro quo kind of thing. But after a wild week seven, uh, most most teams, I, I think pretty much all teams, at least halfway through their 12 game season, some, you know. Uh, seven games through their 12-game season. A little bit of a shakeup in the top 25. Um, three teams in the AP top 25 getting first-place votes and, like, significant first-place votes. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, Georgia, number one with 31. Ohio State, who's, you know, no no bias here, but has probably looked the most uh, stable of all of the top five teams. Uh, you know, number two, 17 first place votes. Michigan, fifth, or uh, I'm sorry, Tennessee, 15 first place votes at number three. Uh, Michigan at Clemson at four and five, both undefeated. Alabama falling all the way to number six. They're the only team in the top nine that now has a loss after dropping the game to Tennessee. Uh, Ole Miss, TCU, UCLA, and Oregon. UCLA and Oregon play this weekend, rounding out the top ten. Guys, through the first half, before we get more Ohio-centric, what's your biggest surprise of the first half of the season, Zach? I mean... The Vols, right? Rocky Top, Josh Heupel. They were, they were seven and six last year. Uh, coming off, uh, what are we talking about? Do, two decades or decade and a half of just futility down there. Um, I mean, stunning, stunning turnaround by Josh Heupel. Uh, what a hire there! Finally, I guess finding the right guy um, and sticking with the guy and sticking. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let it, giving him an opportunity to kind of build and, you know, you see what he's able to do, you know, getting, you know, and what he's even able to do with transfers, you know, Hendon Hooker coming in as a transfer, kind of have that Joe Burrow slight comparison of, you know, last year. Figuring yeah. it out, because he, w- wasn't uh, right? Joe Milton the starter to begin the season last year? Yeah, uh, ex-Michigan Joe Milton, big boy Joe. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, you know, giving him some time, you know, like Joe, people forget Burrow was not, Super impressive his first year at LSU. You know, no, I think he was time. pretty much even touchdowns and yeah. interceptions. And um, I mean, they they beat UCF in that Sugar Bowl, but it wasn't. He, he definitely wasn't the Joe Burrow that we thought of. No, lighting up. You know, but both college football. And my biggest concern, I guess, I would say, with my biggest surprise is that defense, though, man. I don't know. Is the SEC going way of outside of Georgia, way of the Big Twelve? Their secondary has been bad all year. I mean, but but, but at Bama, that'd be my other surprise. Leads the SEC in penalties. Uh, what they had 16, 17 penalties against Tennessee. I mean, it's just constant. Again, their their defense gets torched constantly. That's shocking from a Nick Saban team. Um, you know, I kind of thought the offense would take a step back there, but the defense is both those teams are shocking to me. Uh and obviously, yeah. well, I don't want to say anything from anybody else. Those I would say Tennessee. Alabama had uh 17 penalties for 130 yards. 17. Uh Josh, what about you? What's your what's your biggest, you know, early surprise? I guess not even early, halfway through the season surprise out of the uh the Horn Frogs, man. Really? The Horn Frogs. I mean, uh, b- being in the American and familiar with SMU, you know, I, we're familiar with Sunny how great Dykes. of a job Sonny Dykes have done uh, and then taken over at TCU. Um, but, I mean, they've had some impressive wins, I feel like, uh, you know, especially this most recent one against uh, Oklahoma State. Uh, Is that impressive? Yeah, Oklahoma State. But, I mean, I mean, you look at for for – where they are right now, for where I, I would say it's fair to say they're in a transition period. Yeah, and you know, you had the you know kind of return game for Sonny there at SMU, took down Oklahoma, took down. I guess there's a lot of teams on their resume that you can say are they really good teams? You want to dig into Oklahoma such for as, a few minutes, such as Oklahoma, Kansas. Uh, Oklahoma State's good, and then they've got you know Kansas State coming up. Uh, I mean. Big 12 schedule will be good for them. I think Texas, if Texas stays ranked, 
But I was not, you know, thinking that TCU would be in the position they are now. What are they? Yeah, up five spots. Five spots. a wild weekend. There's a lot yeah. going on. I just didn't think I'd be seeing TCU in the top ten at this point, or really. I mean, no, I agree. At any point early in the season, for I sure. I didn't think at all. I thought this was, yeah. a, this was a rebuild. Yeah, you know, I, years, I Especially thought, at TCU, you don't yeah. reload there. It's, it's, it's a process. What about you, Greggy? Uh, I'm going to go just just uh, one spot below TCU in the rankings. Okay, I'm yeah. going to go with Chip Kelly and the uh, UCLA Bruins. Uh, you know, they've had some close calls. And I think if you look at a lot of these teams that I've kind of been surprised with, you know, Syracuse, uh, Illinois, oh, who yeah. you don't really expect to see up there, uh, you know, have had some close calls. UCLA just snuck by uh, the Jaguars of South Alabama, who I'm sure we're all familiar with. Uh, but they've had some good wins, uh, you know. Um, they've been impressive. Yeah, I was going to say they've they've beaten some top. I mean, they beat Utah. They beat Washington, you know, mm-hmm. both at home, but some solid wins. Obviously, their first big road test is this weekend against uh, uh, number 10, Oregon, who's kind of been an, an up and down team. But. You know, you look at Chip Kelly, and it's I think it's year four for him, and it's one of those yeah. things. He where was on the hot seat. He he's they been were on the wildly hot seat. unimpressive. Yeah. for his first three or is it year four or yeah three four years whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. He, he's been on the hot seat. I mean, uh, I think his first game, yeah, was when they played UC mm-hmm. uh, at UC. So, you know, he's been a guy that's been able to get it done. Dorian Thompson Robinson has seemed like he's been this like middling quarterback for forever. Their offense really runs under him. I know I've watched a couple of their games. I watched a good amount of that, uh, the Washington game and some of the Utah game, and he is he has looked yep. stellar in both those games. Uh, honestly, the one thing I will say is defenses definitely for both these teams have to improve, especially well, in the other one. But and the Big Ten getting some conference. getting some teams that are kind of oh. on the rise. USC has looked. A lot better like i mean oh con- yeah for sure i'd say that's another yeah. dark horse surprise i'm saying the situation with the pac-12 right now no they're not getting a team in let's be real unless some crazy stuff goes down they're not getting a team in the playoff again this year but i finally am interested again in watching pac-12 football because ucla usc that'll be a fun game crosstown rivals um both of those teams will either have zero or maybe one loss apiece. That'll be fun. Ranked probably for the first time in yeah, and they, forever. Yeah. They play in a Oregon's track. come back, and then uh, you know, obviously, you know, Utah. So I mean, you've got four teams that are interesting in in the rankings. Finally, up at the top, that that makes it more fun. And they play like a fun brand of football. Mm-hmm. Like UCLA is fun to watch. USC their defense. I mean, the end of that Utah game was crazy, but they play a fun game of you know they play like since. Oregon basically had Chip Kelly and USC had Pete Carroll and, you know, maybe not even the, a little bit of the Peterson years in, in Washington, but the like Peterson really a very boring, really, style of that's what I mean. Aside of that, like Whittingham kind of runs that, you know, kind of smash mouth, which they've gone away from this year. So yeah. it's even been more exciting, but the PAC 12, I think just as a whole has been whether or not they're actually really good, whether or not they'll be good in bowl season, I at least am not falling asleep watching their games like I like no, I have yeah. been in past years where you turn it on at 1030 for half an hour and you're like, I'm just going to go to bed. Well, I'll tell you on that note real quick. The weirdest thing I saw about the Pac-12 
this weekend, and you can find this on our Twitter at Thirty Rack of Sports. I saw this, and I just had—I honestly thought about it for way longer than I should have. And then this comes courtesy of at Will underscore Hunter. Could not get the Pac-12 Network on his television. Could, however, I guess it comes with uh, a Samsung smart fridge that has the like full <laughs> yeah, screen yeah, on it and okay. everything. So this man he watching. sat in his kitchen. <laughs> yeah, he's got he's got a OSU a WSU on uh, on the fridge, and it just got me thinking. Like, man, like like I know I know our boy Ben who loves staying up oh, yeah, late to watch late the Pac twelve. Yeah. Just at your island in your in your kitchen <laughs> or just sitting there at the counter watching Pac twelve at ten o'clock at night from your fridge. Interesting thing for the Pac twelve to be marketing. That's hilarious. Look, I have done some some interesting things to uh, try to watch games, especially games that I may or may not have, uh, you know, any sort of vested interest in. Sometimes there are those weird apps where you have to like pay for it, where you have to find kind of other ways to get around, especially like those early season college basketball tournaments that are on like, oh, God yeah. knows whatever TV Fubo Fubo oh, yeah. and like flow sports or whatever. But I have, well, I've never had a nice enough fridge, but like I've, I've <laughs> never been in the, like, never been in the kitchen, except for maybe trying to get Wi Fi service at like a party, trying to be. Right. It is very Pac 12, though. It's, <laughs> That's it's very super Pac 12. That's why they're yeah. disintegrating. So, uh, some a little bit of craziness, as we mentioned in the top 25 uh, right now. You know, Top four has two SEC, two SEC East teams and two Big Ten East teams. So certainly a lot more uh, shuffling as the season goes on. Clemson in the five seed. And then, you know, you still got Alabama and Ole Miss right out there. Don't it, When you look at the undefeated teams and you start, you know, we're at that point where you start seriously taking a look at what the playoff might be. Yeah just hate that Clemson is there at five and seven and zero because I just don't want to, I don't want to go through the whole process, man. I don't want to have to watch Dabo up on screens for a month. After yeah, they don't get in. They're not getting in. They're not going to get in. No, you don't have the schedule and this stupid the ACC sucks. The way the AAC set up, ACC set up their uh, schedule for the next few years makes it even worse. And I just don't want to see, you know, fellas, you got undefeated at undefeated. On Saturday. I, I, yeah. Oh, that's Q's. true. I know, yeah, that's true. I know. Yeah. Dino I Babers. I'm sorry, I keep forgetting about yeah. the orange. But no, come the, on. But the, but yeah, but no, nothing against the Dino and Syracuse, but let's be real. They struggled with Purdue. They're also not legit. Come on. Nah. So, yeah, a lot of uh, shenanigans that'll probably you gotta believe, involve man. Clemson sneaking in at like a. a I hope they win so we put it all to bed. After game five tonight, you don't believe. No, Gosh, I don't believe you're going to depress him. I, I know. I'm sorry. Uh, coming into, I guess, some of as we are a slightly more Ohio centric podcast. Looking at the Buckeyes, of course. I thought you were going to talk about the Rockets, but yeah, Buckeyes <laughs> uh, didn't didn't play this week. Uh, have a have a big game, of course, coming up against the Hawkeyes. Who? Uh, yeah, that's if they score be... more than three points, it'll be very exciting for them. Looking at their last six games, home versus Iowa at Penn State, uh, a noon game, as we mentioned, on ho- uh. Uh, the Halloween weekend um, at a god-awful Northwestern team, uh, home versus a god-awful Indiana team at a interesting Maryland team. If, if two, at, I was going to say, 
available. Yeah, Talia's Talia is uh, available, and then obviously the big game at home uh, versus currently number four Michigan. Uh, I I mean I know your answer, but <laughs> Zach, looking up in the next five games before Michigan, yeah. and I know you'll just say next six games. Do you do you really see any struggling by Ohio State? I mean, Penn State looked pretty mediocre against Michigan. Iowa's terrible on offense. Northwestern and Indiana are terrible at football right now. And Maryland is, well, Maryland. Yeah. Maryland, they're going to be like more than I, a couple hundred miles away from Ohio, though. That might be tough on them. I, I don't see. I don't see. Yeah, exactly. I know. It's been ridiculous. No, I don't. I don't see it just purely from the fact that people will knock the schedule. And I don't say you completely discount the Notre Dame game, but take that out a little bit. Game one. Um, I don't think any team in the country, no matter strength schedule, is just clearly taking care of business consistently. Um, and this team just seems like, I think with what happened last year, I don't think you, you I've never, I haven't seen any signs and they're only going to get better. You still got JSN coming back. Jordan Hancock hopefully might be coming back to help that secondary. Who's been a little bit shaky at the cornerback position. Um, you know, they've had a bunch of guys kind of in and out of the lineup, you know, the bye week I think they would expect everybody to kind of come back full health. So, you know, as long as they stay focused, and I think with what happened uh, last year ended, I don't think that's any issue of motivation. Um, yeah. You know, seeing Michigan, they can't win with any level of class whatsoever, still bringing things up. So, uh, no, I, I don't see any issues, you know. Well, when you look at the whole landscape of the top 25, and you look at, you talk about the Notre Dame game, and I was one on that night to give them a lot of a lot of criticism uh, and a lot of hate. Yeah. And uh but I stand corrected. I mean, they haven't haven't really given you a reason to doubt them since then. And I think when you look at the landscape of college football, you said it. What other team? Maybe Tennessee, maybe and I think they maybe have the edge on the schedule, so they get a little yeah. bit of pass. Maybe I will say I wa- I looked up some of the advanced and their advanced metrics, and those are always a little different. But <clears throat> every advanced metric, even adjusting for strength of schedule, nobody's been like Ohio State's wildly been more efficient than ever other every other team in the country. I mean, aside of that first, I guess the first half of the first game. Yeah, has there been even a second of worry? I feel like no. the biggest worry that Ohio State fans have had outside of like the first quarter has been any time like a decent players come up limping like that's yeah. a, that's about it i mean i think in the past since 2014 and you can throw 2014 in there right i mean really the last 10 plus however many years i mean there's always that one game where you're like oh my god or they stumbled but they were always like a sign before that like tulsa last year and that kind of stuff you know or just way too yeah, close indiana Mar- the one maryland game that was like 56 yeah. 54 and stuff like and you that. just haven't seen that yet um not saying it can't happen you know, these are college kids after all, but uh, I generally right now, as I sit, no, I, I'm very highly confident. And, you know, some of the stumbling points that I think you kind of thought early in the year, you know, Iowa is Atrocious a worse offense. offense than you could have even imagined. Uh, Northwestern is obviously very, very down this year. So it's like, it's that typical rebuild, right? Northwestern every yeah. four years. Yeah, they gotta, they gotta yeah. well, the pro- the, the problem is when you, yeah, one, their quarterback situation's been awful. You're getting too. a new stadium, though, bro. Yeah, when when they, when you have to uh, recruit at a, at a certain level that they do, it's kind of, uh, it's a little bit of a, of a bumpy ride. So <laughs> well, yeah. as long as you're, you know, not losing every game for 
three plus years like they were when my mom was there, then you know <laughs> we'll take you take we'll it take as it. a win. I mean, you look at uh, talking about efficiency though, I, uh, and I said like other than tennis, uh, or no, other than Georgia, Georgia is the only one with them on this. You look at uh, total yards per game, Ohio State at number two, Georgia at number four, yards allowed per game. Uh, Georgia at number three, Ohio State at number five. Those are the only two teams that share the top five of those two uh, mm-hmm. categories, yards for and yards against per game. So you just talk about getting it done on both sides of the ball, having a complete team. You're still getting guys back from injury. Don't see why we need to worry. Well, well from one part of Ohio to another part of Ohio, we talk about the highest ranked for the last year, thankfully, highest-ranked group of five team. Uh, the Cincinnati Bearcats checking in at number 21. Uh, they also had a bye week. Uh, they are three-point favorites against SMU. They have a, a two-game, I would say, testing stretch going to Dallas against SMU and then going to the bounce house <laughs> against uh, Central Florida. Uh, the only other group of five team currently in the top 25 is the Tulane Green Wave, fellas? Well, well, I'll ask the big Louisiana guy first. Well, yeah, Zach. So I, I don't, I don't, I don't want you to feel bad. I'll give him a chance. Uh, he knows all about. When the, was Tulane. the last time uh, Tulane was ranked in the top twenty-five? Um, uh, this brings back memories. You and I have a thing with Tulane trivia, uh, but uh, wait, wait, look. As many UC Tulane baseball games as we've called. The answer is one. Couldn't get through just calling a baseball game without him being like, well, in 1898. <laughs> uh, I have no idea. 1998. That's what I was going to guess. Damn it. You didn't give me an opportunity. What's your guess? I just, I was going <laughs> to guess that. I swear to God, that was in my head. Yes. <clears throat> because that was the, no, you know, that was the one year that they were actually like, yeah, pretty decent. I knew it was late 90s and I was like, I'm going to guess 98. There you go. Damn it. Feels yeah, I, like 98. Oh, that's a saving grace to the schedule, I think, though, for the Bearcats. Well, as long well, as it's early. Lane, as, as long as, as Tulane can hold that. We said yeah. that about SMU last year. Yeah. Not that it ended up mattering, but yeah, I, I don't I don't know about you guys, but... I don't know. It's ready for them to move to the Big Ten. Look at the schedule. Uh, this makes me sad. Yeah, the, yeah, the Big 12. Big 12. Uh, looking that's what at, I said. I said Big Ten. You said Big Ten. Oh, sorry, Big 12. Uh, looking at the rest of their schedule... Uh, I know you're an Ohio State fan. You don't want that heat. Uh... <laughs> Bearcats, no, uh, not really. <laughs> sitting at five and one, you know, getting possibly getting Ben Bryant back. I know he's he was evaluated for concussion in that South Florida game. Uh, what are the chances that you think the Bearcats end the season eleven and one, Josh? Because there are some tricky games. UC has not quite looked like the UC of the last two years. Definitely some holes in the armor. I'm going to say 75%. And yeah, there's definitely some holes in the armor. Um, I will say, the in the trenches has been better than I expected, at least defensively. Um, but yeah, I think there are some tricky games on the schedule still. I really don't think this stretch coming up is that hard of a stretch. Maybe SMU. I think looking down to... Uh, uh, they have ECU at home, but then at Temple has historically been a uh, not Temple's not, bad, not fun for the Bearcats. But they are they are a little extra garbage this year. 
And then, yeah, the Tulane at the end of the year, I would hope by then that we'd have some things ironed out. I still feel like there are sometimes watching the Bearcats that I don't know their identity yet. I don't know. I don't know their team in general. <laughs> uh, Zach, what about you? Chances that the, the Cats get out. I mean, as we mentioned, we mentioned the Arkansas game was going to be tough. Arkansas, not quite as good of a team as we expected. They've also been very banged up post-Bearcats yeah. um, game. I'm gonna go lower. I'm gonna go lower. Not because I don't believe it. I. I'm gonna go like 35, 40 percent. Uh, watching some of these games, yeah. I mean, I thought after Arkansas, and again, we thought Arkansas was gonna be better. I know they've been banged up, but still better. Uh, I, th- I was even with the loss. I was frustrating. I thought, okay, you know, this is gonna be a you know they're gonna have a really dominant year. They you played. Know. They, they played, played great. Yeah, to yeah. Win. They they should have won that game. I and mean, that was they they botched every opportunity possible. But uh, you know. I, you know, look at some of the scores and just watching a few of these games. I, I agree. I don't know what they are. I think they're still trying to figure that out. Um, they're young. There are a lot of, you know, even a lot of transfers, new guys playing. Um, that just is a recipe for me when you're halfway through the season of you're going to, could be a slip up in there. You know, if you don't figure, if you're not, I always say, if you don't have an idea of what your identity is halfway through the year, probably not going to find it. Yeah. <laughs> at this point. I, I think I'm, um, I guess I'd be right in the middle of both of you guys, but I would it morally lean towards I guess Zach's side. I think it's a fifty-fifty. Yeah. Uh, guess looking at you know this team pretty much all year, uh, especially the Arkansas game. I mean the Kansas State game, you can't get much, but a lot of these games, it's been you know up and down halves. Start aside of the Indiana game, which they kind of finished slow. They really only had the one touchdown in the second half, which was kind of gifted to them. Miami, they started slow. Tulsa, they started slow. USF, they started slow. And these are these games that you should win by, you know, a couple scores. Not the by... Miami game really kind of worried me when I watched yeah. that. It just seemed very lethargic. The, U- the yeah. USF game was, yeah. was the same way, very mm-hmm. lethargic. Yeah. And it's just one of these games that when you play a even a decent team, you know, like a maybe an SME, but definitely like a UCF at home or a Tulane where – if you make a, you know, if you let them run down and score because your defense hasn't woken up yet, you throw a, a bad pick, which Ben Bryant has done at times yep. this year. You're down fourteen nothing, and maybe against Miami or South Florida or someone, you can come back and you can figure it out against mm-hmm. good teams. You're not going to be able to do that, and I think that's that's my biggest worry for this team is that there's just going to be that one mistake that you can't make that they do make. And you dig yourself in, in a big enough hole to they, where yeah. they got a ton of talent. I mean, it's, it's oh, great for good the future enough. and they're, they're still recruiting on a high level. I'm saying I, I expect them when they go to the big 12 to compete. I, it seems like there's a holding pattern right and now. They're in and that kind of a reset year. And, and it's a reset well, year. You're right. So it's there. Oh yeah. But I think it's nothing that's Lou Fickle. I think for any coach, that's, it's just a difficult job with kids. And a lot of those guys were at least on the team or part of the, you know, there's still a lot of guys there who remember the Russia playing in the CFP last year and, you know, all of that. Now you're, you're kind of back in the back burner of college football yeah. right now. Well, and yeah, I mean, you lost, I mean, you lost a guy who, you know, a lot of guys, you, you lost but, Ritter who, you know, in some situations, Marriott has played really well this year, but a lot of people expect him to be starting by now. Sauce, who's been unbelievable, you know, Brian Cook, some of these guys who have played ball. You lost a lot of weapons and a lot oh, of yeah. just in general leadership on that defense yeah. to where it's like, 
you're obviously going to take a step. You know, you, I mean, maybe not aside of like really your like top, I mean, really aside of your like Alabama's and Ohio State's, and even they sometimes take some slight steps back. Oh, you see sure. this year from Alabama and Ohio State last year. Yeah. You're going to take a step back. And, you know, especially when you're, I think you're right. You're kind of sleepwalking through the schedule. Could you look at this? 18, 19 year old kid. We, we yeah, both, yeah, we, there's the experience is all, not there. Yeah. yeah. All three of us looked at the schedule and we're like, God, I can't wait to, you know, <laughs> I so can't boring. wait to play Iowa State next year over oh, having yeah, to do this. God. But I, I feel like they'd be fighting to keep their heads above 500 right now because I think the what turns me off from the Bearcats right now. I thought you were going to tell us what turns you on, but <laughs> that's later. That comes later. Uh, <laughs> If that's you, in our that's in our sexual news monthly podcast that comes out. And you could you could say this about you know any head to heads on on the AP poll right now, but like if you were to put the Bearcats up against you know number twenty one Cincinnati versus number twenty Texas or number nineteen Kentucky, number eighteen Illinois, or even number twenty two North Carolina. I think they'd give Illinois a game, but uh, yeah, I went a bit far. I went a bit farther. Yeah, yeah. I, I would Illinois take them moving up, up six spots is absurd. That's, yeah. Well, depending on what Kentucky team you'd get, I would take them over that. But yeah. like, yeah, there, there's definitely they could you win have the or they could lose by. Well, I think for Texas, you can make the argument if viewers hadn't been hurt, they probably win both those games, and yeah. they're probably undefeated right now. Well, yeah. yeah. But but I mean you you like oh okay the Bearcats have the talent to win these games just like they were in Arkansas you know yeah. the talent's there for them to win the games the experience and the leadership and just I think a little bit out. of the identity is yeah. not there yet yeah it's going to be an interesting season I think uh, for the Bearcats going all the way through uh, the Buckeyes it's one of those things where you just kind of have to keep your head. You know, above it's the water. Same thing. Keep they your gotta, head, yeah, their keep, schedule's keep not your head sexy together. coming up here either. Yeah, so they gotta they gotta take care of business. So we'll be talking a lot more uh about college football as we move into uh It's almost time. Brass tax things. It's almost time too. I think we are two weeks away from I feel like they shortened it this year, man. I feel like we were robbed a few Tuesday and Wednesday nights. But Maction is just around the corner, right as it's heating up. Toledo a big win over Kent State. Uh, Miami dropping a surprise one to Bowling Green. Uh, but right now it's uh in the East. It's looking real tight. Buffalo and Ohio four and three. Bowling Green and Miami. Red Hawks look good this year. Three and four each there, and then Kent State dropped a two and five. Surprisingly, Toledo's looking the runaway in the West and the favorite for it all right now. So all the Ohio teams except Kent State really still in the bidding for this. And I don't know, guys. And Akron. And Akron. Uh, not so much, but, uh, I, I, that, that, uh, battle of the bricks, uh, I think that's the first or second Tuesday night in November for Maction, uh, in Oxford looking like a, a good one between the Bobcats and the Red Hawks. Uh, but that's, that's, that's like a little Mac roundup update there. There we go. We'll be back to talk, uh, you know, in future weeks, more Mac, more Ohio state, more Cincinnati and. I'm sure eventually we'll we'll, we'll talk a little bit more uh, NFL, especially next week as we prep for the big Monday nighter between the Browns and the Bengals. Could be, depending on what happens this weekend, could be a game with huge implications. Huge. So we're going to drink a little bit more beer and then get into a little bit of the gods and really Ohio and the MLB as a whole.
Something Wicked This Way Comes, Imperial Stout, Ale Brewed with Pumpkin, Cinnamon, Nutmeg, Allspice, Costa Rican Vienna Coffee, and Madagascar Vanilla. It's tasty. From Gahana. Gahana. Home of Gahana Lincoln High School, in case anybody's there. Oh, very familiar. The powerhouse. Used to be. Well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, back, back, back in Greg and I's day, that, that the old uh, the old stomping grounds used to always open against the old GL. Helena Vanilla U.S. Pure Costa Rican vanilla beans. I know. I see they have a lot of vanilla beans. Seems to be the big one from Costa Rica. I do like vanilla bean. And it seems like they do have kind of do that, that yeah. vanilla flavor you know, to it. A lot a of vanillas like out there. Manicures and pedicures. Yeah. No, no, no. Can you get vanilla bean? Just gotta get the nails that... done. Van- yeah, there's a there there at least at that times a there's a vanilla bean like latte or something or vanilla bean something vanilla bean macchiato. What, what no. kind of what kind of polish do you get on? You get a nice little clear finish or whatever makes me feel pretty. That, you know. Can you get like a pumpkin spice thing done? What on your on no. your nails? Yeah, you can get like what? pumpkins done. Well, you're talking about you can get <laughs> vanilla bean done. I mean, I I don't know if you can get vanilla bean done. I was just asking, just the way you were talking about vanilla bean, I feel like that's something you'd hear women talking about on the Manny Petties. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that vanilla bean. But instead of talking Manny Petties, oh. we're talking a little bit of beer. Uh, sipping again on this uh, wicked imperial pumpkin spice latte stout. It's the coffee for me. If I'm going to get emotional about anything, it's the coffee <laughs> flavor for me. I think it's honestly the the pumpkin spice flavor, which is uh, like I said, really. I mean, this well is dangerous. Done. I might replace this instead of having coffee in the morning. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love to see you at that ten a.m. meeting. What do you sell insurance or something? Is that what you do? <laughs> I do not sell it, sir. I underwrite it. So that'll be going well for the clients. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, this a few bump, bumps and scratches. It'll be it'll that's be under good. it'll be underwritten from a they few levels somebody? down. They killed somebody. All right, that's cool. Uh, but Josh, you had a you had a few interesting facts about uh, probably the most famous pumpkin spice latte that from uh, Seattle-based Starbucks. Yeah, the uh, the Bucks big star is more of a caribou guy. Even uh, though they're yeah, in I, I don't I, I don't subject myself to uh, the union hating buckaroonies, but. Uh, 2003, 2003 is uh, when the pumpkin spice latte was launched in select stores. 2004, it hit America nationwide. Uh, Remember it like it was yesterday. Then in 2015, 11 years later, 2015, just just a f- you know, I guess not a, a few quick, years a ago, a quick 11 years later, yes. Uh, Starbucks changed the recipe of their pumpkin spice latte to include pumpkin. So What's basi- up with that? Basically, What's up with that? What was in it before? What was it you called? Just me. a spice latte? It was just it, it pumpkin, was pumpkin spice latte. I think it was uh, uh, artificial flavor or something. Fake. Phony. Sounds like a teak to me. I mean... <laughs> uh, pumpkin spice <laughs> is actually... It's known as a flavoring specifically for pumpkin pie. So it, it contains cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger cloves and sometimes allspice so normally your pumpkin spice or your pumpkin pie spice is actually known as a spice that you're meant to put on pumpkin pie ah. so well and i guess circling back here to the beer i think that's where there's some confusion sometimes 
and where people put pumpkin in beer and they're just like, oh, people like pumpkin stuff. We'll put, we'll, <laughs> we'll do a pumpkin ale or a pumpkin Oktoberfest or fall ale or what have you. Well, that's almost like, uh, I, I mean, if you're a coffee connoisseur, kind of what you get versus uh, Dunkies and uh, Starbucks. Ugh. Dunkin' kind of has that more pumpkin flavor, while yeah. uh, Starbucks has that more pumpkin spice yeah. flavor. Dunkin's, uh, oof. yeah, it's not great. The there only was thing a... I like about Dunkin' Donuts. Have you guys ever seen those SNL skits? Yeah, the Dunkin' Donuts yeah. Uh, with Casey Asplock and stuff. That, that, that's great. There's a local coffee shop that puts a little like. Uh, uh, pumpkin puree in the coffee and that's not too bad but yeah their pumpkin flavoring usually not great like an artificial pumpkin flavoring not great but the pumpkin spice is very good you get you you do kind of taste that uh you know kind of cinnamon and nutmeggy flavor along with the coffee taste it's about the whole package yeah yeah you can't just dump pumpkin into something and be <laughs> like oh we did we did autumn we, <laughs> we halloween we did we yeah. We did autumn. Well, good news uh, for any of our uh, for any of our not only listeners but watchers of the podcast, you will see that we just dumped pumpkin on the table and called it uh, October. So yeah, got a little centerpiece. I'm, I'm not going to say that we're, that we're any better, but uh, just kind of is how it is. So uh, that is our Imperial Pumpkin Spice Latte Stout. Uh, Wicked from Heart State Brewing in Gahanna, Ohio. All right, so we move to, uh, I would say, a little bit more of a somber subject uh you know a a hopeful subject but a little bit more of a somber subject as we close the 2022 mlb season as far as ohio is concerned uh we just finished uh about an hour and a half ago uh watching the end of game five of the alds uh the guardians get eliminated by the new york yankees who uh will face the astros in the ALCS, uh, end of a season for a, I would say an interesting up and down, but really fun season for the guardians, a team that had some great stretches, had some awful stretches, had some great pitching stretches, had some great hitting stretches, had some awful ones of both, <laughs> yep. but ended up with, uh, what was it? 92, 93 wins, 92, win. 92 yeah. wins, a, uh, a win in the wild card series over the Rays, taking the Yankees to five games. Zach, I know before the playoffs we had kind of talked about it. I think all of us were in you know pretty decent agreement that we thought they'd get through. The Rays probably struggle in the second round. Yeah, you know maybe make it against the Astros end up falling a, a game short. You know, obviously the wound is still fresh, but uh, I guess any overarching thoughts on the season? Um, overarching, I, I think I said earlier, you know, bittersweet, but, you know, overall, give me a day, it'll settle in. Uh, I mean, what a way to supercharge a rebuild. All these guys, now they have playoff experience. Um, they were fun. They did a lot of things. Um, 
a lot differently than what we've seen Cleveland teams when they've had good teams in the past. You know, they played small ball. They were exciting. They played great defense, which was something that I think hurt them in the past. Um, I'm excited. I, I'm very curious to see what the offseason holds. I think they will spend some money. Obviously, they, you know, I think it was in August, they wrapped up their uh, deal. They have a new billionaire minority owner who will start beginning a six-year um, plan to eventually take control. So a, an owner with legitimate money uh, is finally on the table. Um, you have most of your team pretty much under contract. Yeah, they're only, I mean, looking at uh, really only hedgy. Spo tracks, uh, you know, free agents, the only one that you can find, this is every, you know, this is minor league, triple A guy that yeah. was in the major leagues for a minute. The only guy you could find was, uh, you know, Austin Hedges. Uh, right now, obviously, have some arbitration deals to, to go right. through. But before those, uh, the Guardians have $22.8 million. Oh, yeah, I mean... On the payroll? I mean, I basically think, nothing on the payroll. You know, I think they'll be smart about what they did in the offseason. Like, they kind of worked... Like they said last year, they ran on a few deals. They just, you know, didn't end up winning those deals um, to get some free agents. I think they'll... They'll be in on it again, but again, I think they're going to be pretty... Um, pretty uh, specific on certain positions. They, they need to find another... You know, I think Oscar Gonzalez has the opportunity probably next year to to really turn into a 30 home run guy, but they they probably need to get another bat in that lineup to help Jose Ramirez that you know is a 30, 40 home run guy. Yeah, probably figure out, you know, what they're going to do, especially at first base, whether Naylor's the long-term answer. I mean, Arias, I thought, looked good defensively. He's a high-end prospect, former shortstop. Um, I thought he looked good in the postseason, you know, the limited time he got to play. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see... Um, you know, maybe as even add another piece to that bullpen, which is yeah. already dominant. But if you throw in another big arm out there, that would be something. Um, yeah, I mean they're they're locked up. I'm excited for the future. They're so young; they'll still be crazy young next year. Yeah, I mean, still got Savali kind of struggled, but you still got that like four starting pitchers of, uh, you know, Bieber, McKenzie, uh, Plesac, and Savali. And I whatever. think Plesac will be gone. I think uh, rumor they're they're done with his attitude and. I mean, he hurt himself two years in a row out of anger, his anger problems. Um, but they got two guys, and Daniel Espino is supposed to be lights out. I think he'll start the year in AAA, but Gavin Williamson in Columbus, who is a extremely hard thrower, um, was quite dominant at AAA, will probably get an opportunity for rotations. But I wouldn't be shocked, you know, do they sign Beaver Lock term? Do they go and find a a free agent? You know, rumor is maybe Max Freed maybe is going to be uh, – he might be an interesting candidate potentially. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm dream listing here. We'll see what they end up doing. But uh, overall, it was a fun year. You know, I'm looking at some stuff now. Uh, they now have the record for the uh, worst record in elimination games. They've lost 11 straight elimination games, uh, going back to '97 when they lost Game Seven in the Marlins. So. Uh, it's been rough in a lot of these series. When I walk back through and look up, you know, they were up in a lot of these series, you know, two to three games. So typical Cleveland, it's going to be 75 years, boys. I'd say, uh, that's a rough Cleveland stat if I've ever heard one. Yeah. Uh, I guess looking into, you know, any, I I know you mentioned, uh, you know, obviously Max Freed who might be up there. Uh, we mentioned a lot of these, uh, pretty much all except for for hedges. 
not being uh, Cleveland free agents. Are there any free agents that you see out there that you know you'd be interested in um, for? Yeah, I was looking at kind of the list from. Uh, I mean, a, a, a ton of former Indians, but yeah. I don't know if any of them. There are a lot. Back. You know, a lot of these guys, and that, it's obviously typical in baseball, right? Because baseball, you know, every team has six years of team control. These guys tend to be a little bit older, unlike in maybe football or basketball. You know, when they hit that free agency level. Yeah, I mean, a lot of guys um, in their you know late twenties, early thirties. You look at some of these former. Uh, you know, you got Mike Clevenger, who's almost thirty-two at this point. I mean, Brad Hand, who's been on a couple of them, Corey Kluber, Carlos Santana, a lot of these former Indians, though, very. Yeah, none of them are going to be on the. And, and again, I don't know if, you know, I think what probably most people would Michael say. Michael Brantley. Is, you know, you're probably more or less looking at probably a trade would make more sense to go get a bat or, you know, beef up that rotation is probably my guess. Because, um, yeah, I'm looking at it. It's really not a huge great class right now um dan vogelbach's out there i mean a few of the guys you'd be like "Ooh, that'd be a nice ad i mean you know you're talking about they're gonna get the gardens aren't gonna give anybody 200 300 million dollars let's put it that way you know so it's kind of that it's a very top heavy class they're not gonna be able to afford those guys and i think a lot of these guys are probably a bit over the hill and like i said i'm very interested to see i very much could see them pretty much standing pat maybe adding a bullpen arm maybe they get a trade to fill a, a bat but I think otherwise they're pretty much going to stand pat and probably see where they're at the trade deadline next year, because um, there's not a lot of guys here, and and you want to see what you have because again they still have a couple few of these guys. They, they there's still more young guys with a lot of time. They got to figure out what they have. Will Brennan, where does he fit in in the future? I thought he came up hit 357. Small sample, but he looked out of any of the rookies I saw the most big league ready. Had had some timely hits in the playoffs pinch hitting where does he fit in you know you now have going into this past year right we were talking about outside of miles straw they have no outfielders and now you've got all three outfield spots locked up with um gonzalez and then um steven kwan steven kwan obviously taking those and those both those guys have you know potential all-star level and you know i know um obviously people point straw is he really locked in well he's probably could win the gold glove in center field and he had a down year offensively, but I don't think that's, you know, the typical. Um, they're pretty locked up in a lot of places. I think the big question would be Ahmad Rosario. What do they do with him? That could open up a spot for somebody. They trade him. Jose has come out and said he wants them to resign him. That's a big thing for him. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see, you know, at catcher. I think they're going to go with Bo Naylor. And then probably Luke Maley maybe come back, you know, kind of split duties, see where that goes. Um, overall, I'm very, I think the window just opened and you look at, you know, uh, a Chicago team that, you know, it's probably going to lose Jose Abreu might be scuffling a little bit. Uh, you know, twins team that kind of went all in, but is losing some people this year and next year. Oh, definitely a a window, at least in the central again, kind of opening, uh, the tigers went for it. Tim Tim Anderson can buy out too yep i don't know that he will but you know if he thinks he can get more money elsewhere he might be gone so no yeah i mean the, the central's wide open for him. i mean they're gonna they're gonna be the heavy favorites probably as they should be uh from the top of a division to uh nearly the bottom i don't i don't i honestly don't even know if they finished at the bottom or second to the bottom but uh on the other side of ohio 
the Cincinnati Reds, who actually finished tied, I guess, for the bottom of the NL Central, uh, 62 and 100. Obviously, had about as bad of a start to the season as you could think of. Uh, you know, Whoa. played mediocrely for a while, I guess you would say. Played decently for a while and then fell off again at the end of the season. Um, Josh, one short term, is there any hope? To what, what? Like, what do you do in the off season? Like, uh, are you are you back into full full rebuild after the one like, uh, weird twenty twenty playoff and twenty twenty one almost playoff? Are you back in a rebuild or is it like working its way up again? Greg, I think uh, for now I'm gonna say that's our show for tonight. Uh, we'll be back with football next week. Oh, and a new beer. No. Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's just, it's, it's hard to see a path in the, in this rebuild. It really is like, it's not hard to see a path. You're doing what you need to do. We're going to continue to lose. We're doing what we need to do. Draft, develop. That's what you got to do. You know? Yeah. uh, I guess that's the one bright spot of the season is we did acquire a lot of good young talent. You finally sold everything off and actually sold everything off. We actually did go all in on a rebuild. They got to continue that. My worry is, is that there will be roadblocks in the rebuild as there are for everyone injuries and what have you. But in a situation like last year, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm still on over last year a little bit, where they definitely had a chance to at least make a little bit of a run, maybe to the divisional series and see where it goes from there. You know, they were playing good ball in the dog days, got into some meaningful games in September, but you know, some injuries happened and they were kind of left hung and dry and didn't get any help at the free agency deadline. And you saw what it did for teams like uh, like the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's hard. It's for me. It's hard to look past that part, and it's hard for me to look past uh, a quote from General Manager Nick Crawl uh, recently, uh, where he said this spring, "Everyone is going to have to come in and win a roster spot. That's just the way it is. I don't know if we have a quote. This is going to be. This is going to absolutely be this person's position on opening day." I think we have to come in and evaluate where everybody is and players have to earn those roster spots. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there is some truth to that somewhat, but you know, you look, you have Stevenson, Tyler Stevenson at catcher, Jonathan India at second base, who had a rough injury, injury year this filled, year. Yeah. yeah. Um but was, you know, for the most part pretty good outside of that. Uh, and then you have Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green uh, in your starting rotation. And yeah, wherever they wherever they pan out. Yeah, sure. And even uh, Graham Ashcraft. Graham Ashcraft really who was, came on. Who was the, injured. But, yeah, you know, really, had... really came on at the end of the year. But then you also have like Moustakis and Votto on the corners. You have an outfield that just... Senzel hasn't been healthy in... 12 years. Yeah, you've got an outfield that I'm not really sure what you're doing with right now. Like... I just don't have a lot of confidence in the rebuild, I guess. I so, thought they so, did good with their trades. I thought they got a lot of promising prospects. I mean, that it, and Josh, you got to start somewhere, right? I mean, it's going to take some time. It's not, the Reds are in a bad position. It's not an overnight kind of situation. This is a multi year draft, develop. Yeah. Yeah. And build. I think, I think the problem that, that at least, I mean, you know, I've, I've grown up 
in the city. I've seen them kind of be up and down, but I think the vitriol of not really even, I mean, they made it to kind of a, you know, kind of that weird pseudo playoffs. Yeah. So not really even making it to the playoffs and then falling all the way back down. Well, and the comments I think has created a, an more, cause you know, sometimes they would be up and then they would be down and people would kind of be whatever about them. You know, uh, we're I guess we're kind of rebuilding mid to playoffs a couple of years, like whatever. People are actually like pissed off about the Reds, which I I haven't like I haven't yeah. seen. I've seen more like just whatever. Well, they fired seen... their whole staff outside of David Bell because yeah, I don't know if anybody listened to Mo Egger when they announced that uh, you know firing like I don't remember first base coach and he's like I guess yeah they he fired... didn't take their. Uh, their, you know, their batting gloves and pads very well. You know, like, how's David Bell not fired? Why are you firing all these guys? I mean... And no offense, it, I don't think David Bell should be necessarily be fired because it's they've had a shit roster. Yeah, to, yeah. Or, to expand on that a little bit, uh, David Bell, Derek Johnson, who's their pitching coach that they've had for a while now, um, and then I believe the assistant pitching coach or some assistant coach was also kept on. But uh, most of the hitting staff was let go, right. including head coach or head uh, batting coach Alan Zinter. Mm. Uh, so I think that gives me a little bit of hope because, it, I mean, if you really look at, like Greg said, they kind of had that stretch in the middle of the season where they were playing pretty midi- mediocre. Right. They probably could have won. I don't know, at least at least a handful, maybe two handfuls worth of games in there had they just gotten one to two more runs and had a little bit of more of an offense. I mean, the offense is really what's killed them in the past two years. You have actually started to develop a little bit of a starting rotation. Still, still a lot of questions in that bullpen, and that's where you get back to you can't really put a lot of this on David Bell. No. What, who do you want him to put out there? <laughs> Yeah. Out of his options. Oh, yeah. yeah when he's been. putting out, when he has to put out Reverse San Martin to start, when he's putting in, you know, Brandon Drury had a absolute breakout season. He was traded halfway through. Well, he's not going to repeat. Let's be real. Yeah. Brandon yeah. Drury had a career year. But well, that's what I mean. You, you're the, the only guys that you're putting out are these, uh, you know, these minor the league contract guys. Wrong, I would tell anybody that they put this off for a decade now, in my opinion. Yes. They put That's this what off I feel like it's long. really starting they to catch gotta, up now where you are in too deep of a hole. And, and you I know, think the that's problem where is, the, sell the, the, the people that are sticking with the sell the, bo- sell the team Bob thing, yeah. and, and I'm one of them, right. are, are sticking with it because this really is getting to a point where like they have sold it off. They're doing the right things now. And, you could have unloaded Vado potentially yeah, several years his... ago and got a lot of prospects. I, I agree with the frustration because the Reds are in a difficult position. Here's they what I'm going to say about the Reds because they made what trades they had this offseason. They got, I think, a nice hole back. They need more, but now they don't have anybody to trade. And they don't. And so now it's all going to be a longer process because now they have to draft well. Right. And develop. And that's what I'm worried that's about. A, that's they're not going to spend. Any team, any team, that's a, that's they're a not, high level. You know level. they're not going to spend, even if they are in a position, like like right. I said with last year, even if they are in a position where they are having some success, they're not going to spend on that extra free agent to no. round it out or get them over the hump. And I think that's but, what worries this me. This is a five-year rebuild. This but is you that's the thing. You have, to, you have to be bad. I mean, you look at most of the, the last, you know, the past – I know five worlds here. The Dodgers are an outlier because they can spend, you know, more money, more money on 
dead cap than most teams can spend on their regular cap. But you look at, you know, the Braves were we're losing 90 plus games, you know, 15 to, you know, 17, you know, around that barely winning. The Cubs had a bunch of 100 loss seasons. Now look where they the, are now. The, well, they, <laughs> they did win the World Series. Yeah, uh, a World Series. The Astros lost a ton of games. And now, you know, the Nationals are back to once again square one, but they lost a ton of games. And they got, you know, if you want to be near the end. Unless you're the Cleveland Guardians. Unless you're, yeah, unless you're the Cleveland Guardians who now build it, or if, if you're the Guardians or the Rays and you can build things smartly, or you're the Dodgers who can spend to be an fair, the, 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 Again, that's what I'm talking about doing it late. The it, Guardians, exactly. the Guardians exactly set them up. I you think... know when the Guardians, this situation they're now when it started, 2001. Exactly. When they went ahead, exactly. they, they could have competed for an ALDS situation, and every, and but hurt. they went ahead and it sucked. And, and they it hurt because, because everyone yeah. saw that that team, that team that could they have been win a World so good, they got so close yeah. and it didn't happen. So but, they mean, cut their this, losses then, and it's been a ride since. Exactly. And I think that's where I get caught up in the yeah. whole thing, is that it's it's a little, you're doing the right things, and they might be, they, but the, and it late. might work out, and it might work out. It's late, but and they're going to have to do so a lot late, of losing. For they're not going to spend to get it over, over the hump at any time. Yeah. And you look at, you talk about it's a five-year thing because you have to draft well and acquire well, and they are doing that right and everything. They are doing right, that they well. Are. But you look at, I think you look at uh, the Kyle Farmer, Jose Barrero, Spencer Steer situation at shortstop for the yeah. Reds. You got Kyle Farmer, who played, I think, almost every position in the infield this year, and who's done, I think, way better than most give him credit for at filling in for a regular shortstop for the Reds. But then you've got Jose Barrero, who was at one point one of the Reds top three prospects, and then you got Spencer Steer, who was acquired uh, from the Twins mm-hmm. in uh, one of the trades this year for uh, Tyler Molly. Uh, they're both 24 years old, both top 100 prospects, and both have been you know, highlight guys in the pipeline for uh, whether it be the Reds system or the Twins system. Yeah. Man, they were both awful this year when they got their looks. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Spencer Steer at 211. Uh, Jose Barrero in his time in the majors is now rocking a negative two of uh, war. And, Here's what uh, I would about say. To say it was even over 200 for batting average. Yeah, it's yeah, no. My, still uh, one, early. 152 batting average. Jose Ramirez went up and down like two or three times and looked. I remember seeing him oh, in 2013. Yeah. He played shortstop is when he came up and looked frightened and scared. The guy I remember looked he like came he couldn't up. hit water if you thought of a damn boat. Who, who was the shortstop at that point? Who was, oh, it was uh, Johnny Peralta, I think, was hurt, and he came up. Yeah, John. Oh, yeah. I don't even after Peralta, but yeah, it was around that time, right? But I remember they were looking was, for somebody. He was yeah, hurt, yeah. and Ramirez came up. That might have been 2012. Right that, was, end, uh, yeah. that was in Cincinnati, and I remember watching yeah. this game and being like, this guy sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he was pudgy. He didn't look good at all. And even 2013, didn't have power he didn't look or anything. good. 2014, 2014 was okay. And he really started taking off the end of 2015, and then they went to the World Series, and that he had a big year in 2016. But I'm just saying, it, it's a process for sure, and it's frustrating when you see this. And you're going to see some bad, since I'm Redskins, you're going to see some bad baseball for the next few years. All right. But the plus side, I will point out, the two, the two worst divisions in baseball that you can quickly rebuild and rebound, the central divisions, the Reds are in the central. Yep. 
I'm just saying it might be a lot quicker than if you're in the east or west. Real quick, just so yeah. get a get to get a bright spot in, so I'm not all doom and gloom. <laughs> I do think that you do have in a couple more years probably your two most exciting things to watch right now in the in the farm system are Noavi Marte and Ellie De La Cruz, who were just absolutely electric at the plate this year in high A and double A. I think those are your things to watch and where you actually have some, for the first time in a while, I feel like some really true offensive prospects to be excited for. All right. Mm-hmm. My my last, hopefully to, well, maybe to end it on a sad note, uh, 2012 was the last time the Reds were in a division series. Uh, we don't want to rehash that against the Giants, but uh, 15 years would be 2027. Do you believe by 2027, the Reds will at least be to an another NLDS. Appear in one? Of just appear in one. <laughs> I I would I would sure hope so in 2026 or 2027. But I think I think one thing I wanted to uh, one last Reds thing, just because we were talking about it at break. I think that Phil Castellini looks like you know in the Santa Claus two when they make a clone of Tim. Oh yeah, and yeah, he comes yeah. out all like fake rubbery. <laughs> That's like Phil Castellini is that for like Donald Trump Jr. <laughs> he's like a he's like a rubbery plastic version of that. Uh, for Z- sure. Zach and I think he morally looks like the mob boss's son that you have to drag <laughs> the around. Son. They yeah, have to yeah. drag around to uh, all the hits who like yells his social security <laughs> number for whatever reason. So uh, that I guess that's our wrap up on the MLB. Well, one uh, more, I had one more thing. I wanted right. to. Yeah. We, we we still got some time here. I I, right. I just thought it was interesting as we talk about you know the guard where the Guardians are and where the Reds are, and just this whole playoff MLB postseason. Yeah, you look at. I think I think Zach, you said something about you know the Dodgers being able to spend and whatever. You look at the Dodgers; they're out. Right. You look at the Mets, who uh, at Ohio fans will remember, you know, signed big for Lindor and everything, and oh, else, yeah. elsewhere for biggest. You know, I think biggest payroll in the league, staff. actually. Right. Yeah. Now. Cookie. Cookie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, like, and then you had the Yankees. Max Scherzer. You had the Yankees on the verge of elimination tonight. Uh, oh yeah. Spending, and I think the Guardians are such a great example of it. You know your payroll, and whether you want a salary cap or an increase on the luxury tax, whatever your solution is, when you get down to the actually playing the game and playing the whole 162 games out into the postseason, I think it's interesting that we're seeing what we see in this postseason now. Mm-hmm. Especially, I think it's interesting to see the contrast between the Guardians and their young roster and the Cincinnati Reds and their young roster. Two small market teams in Ohio. Oh, yeah. Going great history, both of them. Yeah, great history in both of them, but building in very different ways. And I don't know. What do you, I mean, have you guys thought about that this Mm -hmm. postseason? How, you know, you have your more luxurious teams I not think, succeeding when it matters. I think baseball's shown over and over. There's you got to be smart. Win. Yeah, it's got to be, you can spend as much money as you want, but it's got to be smart. It's got to make sense. Yeah, because you look at, I mean, you look at the way, like, the Braves have done it, signing these guys real yeah. early to these, and maybe it'll backfire in two years, but spending, yeah, I mean, you know, the Yankees have shown it, you know, winning, what, uh, here's my one thing. World Series since 2000, you can spend all the money in the world if you don't do it smartly. And, and my whole thing is, I, I don't think the Yankees are going to get past the Astros. And the Astros are another organization. You know, cheating aside, they did, they 
they've done kind of a similar thing. They've been able to build and replace. Now they have a bigger payroll now, but I mean, I'm just they're not up there with those guys. But they're I'd be shocked. If well, if you look at the Braves, I, I just I feel like I have not seen in the past decade or so a baseball team kind of lock up a core mm-hmm. as as collectively copied the '90s and, Indians and at, at length yeah. like that. John Hart did that. He was the first one. Mid '90s. That's what the Guardians or Indians at the time did. But yeah, it's oh, no, interesting. I find, I find it like a very. If we didn't have to listen to Bob Costas, God, j- he drone was bad. On, I wanted, I wanted to get into that. I, he I was find, bad. I find that this, the whole kind of like landscape of how Poor people Ron view Darling. baseball right Ron now, Darling, like, and geez. what teams are succeeding. Good yeah. conversation, but those two, he he's turned into some of these uh, older. You know, TV and radio guys. Radio. He needs to go to radio, well, though. Some of these TV, you don't need them talking the whole time. Yeah, that's time he missed the pitch. He's like, "What the hell happened?" Some of these TV and radio guys, they age gracefully, and then sometimes they try to talk about themselves or about the big red machine or something, and they don't age quite. The as problem gracefully. for baseball, they need to get younger people involved. Bob Costas and they Ron Darling do. could only reference 1970s and prior baseball, and it was like you're not going to get kids involved when you're. Sounds like about... you're at a wake almost. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. This guy's like it's like John Smoltz. Loves... Yeah, we need slime time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really. <laughs> well, there's our baseball wrap up. We'll be back. Well, we'll be back probably talking baseball in February, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, maybe hopeful. Some, maybe some hot stuff in December. Yeah, maybe some hot. Well, we'll see. Maybe with the, the guards will baseball. at least do something. Oh, yeah. uh, but some optimism in uh, Cleveland, some hopeful optimism slash pessimism in Cincinnati. <laughs> Settle down. But uh, we'll see how things go as the rest of the playoffs works its way out and we get our way into Unfortunately, another trophyless season here in Ohio. We want to thank you for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Uh, just a quick note for our listeners, who we, of course, want to give the first shout out to uh, podcast for the next few weeks. We'll be dropping probably more on Wednesdays due to some prior engagements. The Guardians game getting delayed. Uh, a little Monday night football in a couple weeks between the Browns and the Bengals. So be on the lookout for some Wednesday drops instead of our regular Tuesdays for 30 Rack of Sports. But of course, we're going to end the show as we always do, giving our shout-outs. First, want to give a shout-out to all of the fans of 30 Rack of Sports. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. Uh, number two, want to give a shout-out to Gehanna's own Heart State Brewing, their Imperial Pumpkin Spice Latte Stout. I think has impressed all of us, really. Uh, you know, it's one of those things, you get those stouts, once again, something with a bunch of names, you go, is it really going to be good? Is it going to be crap? It's been a delightful beer. Love the pumpkin spice. I've really enjoyed it. So thank you to Heart State Brewing. Uh, for our own personal shout-outs, um, I will go first. Uh, my shout-out goes to a team that is starting their season next month, the Cincinnati Bearcats basketball team. Um, as we enter uh, the new wave of college sports, you get NIL deals. Uh, one particular person, uh, 
showing how, uh, you know, how he responds to that is a guy who's been through a lot, uh, transferred from Michigan, uh, after having a tough freshman year as a highly touted recruit, uh, was under John Brannon for a year, uh, kind of an interesting, you know, way of him going. I think he was more of a Brandon guy than some other people, but, you know, stuck the course, stayed with Wes Miller, uh, is going into his graduate season. Uh, and David DeJulius, one of the leaders of the team who's kind of, you know, helped to bridge the gap between mm -hmm. this, uh, you know, Brandon to Wes Miller era. Uh, him, uh, you know, and once again, not putting down anyone that, you know, does what they want with their NIL money, but uh, UC is going to start selling jerseys with actual players' names on them and, you know, giving a portion of the sales to the players. Uh, David DeJulius uh, announced today that with his money that he's getting, his NIL money, he's donating that to uh, uh, underprivileged kids in schools in his home city of Detroit as well as Cincinnati, uh, which I think is just an awesome thing. Once again, oh, yeah. not here to judge someone, who, you know, people come from different backgrounds taking their own money, but I think, you know, just a kid who's been through as much as he has, uh, obviously a very smart and educated kid, uh, giving it back to the community, uh, you know, his home of Detroit and his kind of newfound home in Cincinnati uh, really shows, you know, you see hopefully building up a good basketball program, but also a good program for, for human beings. So shout out to David Julius. Cause that's, that's a really cool story. And that's something you love to hear out of the oh, program. Yeah. yeah. I love seeing that today. <laughs> But uh, Josh, what about you? I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in Cincinnati for I got I got a flight here for you guys. Uh, I'll go quick. FC Cincinnati finally won an MLS playoff game. Finally made Eastern it. Finally didn't win in a spoon. Yeah, finally no spoon this year. Uh, other Cincinnati related to the Cincinnati Bengals, who still super weird, not great in the first half defense, but still no second half touchdowns allowed this season. That six game stretch is tied for the longest in the league since at least 2,000. Uh, sort of also staying in Cincinnati, Sauce Gardner, who just was an absolute maniac in the frozen tundra and got a pick, his first career pick six off of Aaron Rodgers. And then uh, fourth in... Too much sauce. God, I could uh, do a whole show by myself on the... Got, yeah, lo uh, got lost in the sauce. No, and Alaska. then fourth and most importantly, fellas, uh, shout out to... Robbie Anderson for getting kicked out of the game on Sunday after yelling at his coach. Not a shout out for that, but a shout out to one of my favorite NFL videos, probably all time. Yeah. One I of know, our favorite 30 brass yeah, athletes. Yeah, oh, yeah, one of our yeah. favorite collective videos. Uh, <laughs> fellas, what's that bear doing? What's that bear doing? Uh, I have no for, idea the difference between a bear and a panther. For those of you who are uh, un uneducated in one of our, 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 our favorite That's videos, uh, Robbie Anderson, when he just joined the Panthers, was wondering, what is that bear doing? That bear was the mascot for the He's Panthers. He's mic'd up. You should give him a little more. He's mic'd up on the bench. Uh, I think it was, Curtis, was that Curtis Samuel? Curtis Samuel, yeah. yeah. So I say Buckeye Curtis Samuel, and he's sitting on the bench, and yeah, he's like, Who, what's that bear doing? And Curtis Samuel's like, what bear? And he's like, that bear up there. And the Panther, the Panthers, the logo is like that's Sir, Sir Purr. Purr. Sir Purr, that, you call him that? that? You call him that? No, man, that's his name, bro. So you just walk <laughs> up to him what's and you up? go like, "What's up, Sir Purr?" Look it up. It's, it's hilarious. It's on our it's on Twitter YouTube. at Thirty Rack Sports. So uh, we're gonna we're gonna miss him. You know, figuring out what that bear's doing. <laughs> Going to Arizona, hopefully figuring out what that chicken's doing <laughs> with the Cardinals in Arizona. Uh, Zach, you shouting out the uh, yeah. 
Shout out your boys. I'm gonna shout. I'm gonna shout out. Uh, this might be premature, but uh, this will probably be the biggest storyline for the Guardians in the offseason. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and shout out Tito Terry. Uh, had a rough few years medically. He even talked about a lot this year. That's been a toll on him. Uh, they do already have a replacement in the wings and the great Sandy Alomar. Why that man doesn't have a job anywhere else is utterly beyond me. Um, premature maybe, but I'm going to go ahead and shout him out, at least because it's also the end of 10 years as the Cleveland manager. Six playoff appearances. What a steal for them to get. What a steal. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's did been a hell it's, of a job. You know, six playoff appearances, four division titles, obviously a goddamn rain supposed rain delay close probably to a world series championship. And, um, you know, yeah, what a, it, literally you can make the argument because yes, last year they did finish two games under 500, but he barely, yeah, I think he managed like 40 games. So literally anytime he's managed majority or full season, they have been over 500, um, really stabilized it. Uh, Tito, we love you. Hopefully he comes back, but you know, just in case, and I have a I have a gut feeling that he might be moving on. I uh, I was thinking well, about. Well, hopefully him and his scooter stay around. Yeah, the well, I mean, I think he would. You know, he'll get one of those cushy uh, what are they advisors or jobs special or special advisor, special assistant or something. Yeah, I mean, I hope he comes back, but you know, he's had a lot of health issues the last several years, so and I know that takes a toll traveling and all that. I, I will say. Uh, I was watching that clip of uh, one of the local Cleveland guys, sports writers or whatever, in his press conference asking him about uh, Jameson Talion or whatever. Jameson Tyone, yes. yeah, and no, he, that's fine. And he, uh, but yeah, he was like, but he did the same thing. He was like, he was like, who? <laughs> He's like, the Italian guy. Because <laughs> yeah, because he's just he just heard Tyone or whatever. He's like he's like the Italian guy. What are you talking about? If you ever just look up Tito Francona or you know Terry Francona, obviously uh, interviews or anything, he is one of the funniest, just like down to earth people. Like he yeah, just... he was just like he was just like oh, he's like I had no idea. He was like you always get me for at least one a day, and he just seemed like so relaxed and everything at the podium for uh, you know usually. Baseball managers are collectively, awful. Uh, especially if you're going into an elimination oh, yeah. game or whatever, just so relaxed and everything. And I was just like, ah, it's, <laughs> it might be time. He might be ready. I think so, unfortunately. We'll see. But, yeah, I want to go. But, uh, yes, real quick, too. Yes, I do want to shout the entire team. What a hell of a year. Um, super fun. Super excited for the future. They, you know, it's, it's hurt, hurts right now, but I hopefully they look back and enjoy what they did. Everybody hurts. All right. Well, all the time if you're a Reds fan or Cubs fan. Fair enough. Well, no, we're we, we're fine. We're fine over here. Oh, you're still right uh, on 16. Hey, Jeez. hey, That's got a, got a hundred more years to ride on it. Uh, we want to thank you again for listening to another edition of Thirty Rack of Sports for Zach on the opinions, good, bad, or otherwise. See ya. For Josh on the ones, twos, or sometimes threes. See you, folks. I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Peace. Jim Riggleman, man. <laughs>